without the bag. Does that prostitute not know that arguing the exact weight of crack with Hunter Biden is like arguing the Sunbelt Conference in the middle of November during football season with me? Well, she just found out. Let's get it going. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 108, Testudo. I'm your host, Danny Belts. You're probably wondering, what's Testudo? I'm glad you asked. We'll get into that. Sing it, Kenny! Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, on the Mount Rushmore of artists, how is he not the George Washington atop that mountain? I mean, come on now. Listen to this guy. Hunter Biden videos appear from nowhere. I would be remiss if we didn't at least have a couple side jokes about that. Sandy Alcantara, the Marlins ace, much like Tim Lincecum, as we spoke of last week, is dominant, but without the press. And I just have to ask, why is that? We'll talk about that. Bro Exotic comes in with a top five. I'm calling it right now, a top fiver. You've heard of a booze cruise, right? Oh, well, he's got a the Church of Woke. <laughs> is going to remake what a booze cruise looks like. You're going to love this one. Tommy Bench coming in batting clean up. Oh, he's got all kinds of stuff to talk about. He's going to get micro with the alleged 10-year-old that was pregnant in Ohio. Was it all fake? Well, let's let the expert tell us about that. And I also have a special announcement regarding the drunk neighbor. That's right. I mean, the drunk neighbor, you know, people ask me why... You know, he had to leave the show. A lot of reasons why. You know, he changed jobs during that time. And really, he went to play with the big boys in the world that he lives in and what he does professionally in sales, company aside. And also, it probably just became difficult to do a show with a guy that is on his third bottle of Cabernet with people calling in from all over the country, from California and D.C., contributors for a football show during the season. And just a one-hour podcast took six hours to make. We'll finish at like one in the morning. It made for a horrible (laughs) Thursday hangover, and it was just terrible. But uh, I understand why he had to leave. And I probably would have said, look, man, I got other stuff to do. He never even told me that part of it. But I I imagine I had nothing. I did not help matters any. (laughs) But the drug neighbor is coming back for football season, and I am excited. I was in the gym. And I shot him a text, why don't you come back for five to seven minutes a week to talk about LSU? And he was like, I'm in. Bang, baby. So the drunk neighbor will be back giving us a quick interview every every week regarding his beloved LSU Tigers. We love LSU on this show, Coach O. I mean, the previous head coach comes on the show. So we look forward to that immensely. And the drunk neighbor is best. Let me just go. I'm sure he's listening to this right now. But it's almost better for quality or entertainment standpoint when LSU loses. Because that's when he really, you know, if they win, he'll be like this. It's, well, you know, I mean, the offensive line executed uh, really good. You know, good quarterback play. Uh, you know, their new defense looks really well. You know, they contain really really good on third and short. Uh, special teams did an amazing job. You know, we'll get good insight there, and he'll break it down. But when, if they lose to Florida State, it'll sound like this. Motherfucker! Who's this Kelly guy? Get him out of here. Send him back to Notre Dame. <laughs> it'll, it'll be good either way. And an LSU win will be entertaining. And an LSU loss will be entertaining. The drunk neighbor will not disappoint in his resurgence into the sports antidote. And we are excited to have him back. So not to beat the drum too hard, but if you haven't seen these videos, Hunter Biden videos are popping up like weeds. Somebody hacked into his cloud. And there's just a whole smorgasbord of these videos for your entertainment. I will say right now, and this has a lot to do with Testudo, as we'll get to shortly. But I I mean, I I just need to be forthcoming as, as possible. And I know that people have been comparing this. If Don Jr. even had a glimpse, a fraction a, a decimal of a percentage, but the amount of insanity that is taking place in these videos, his house would be on fire right now, literally burning 
like Bro Exotic had a Buffalo Wild Wings right there in his kitchen. Uh, my favorite one is the one that I played where he is getting down to the exact ounce of how much crack is on the scale, presumably with a prostitute who doesn't think it's is it 2.7, 2.6 or whatever. He's just so confident in his crack measurements. Hunter Biden is probably, it's probably his crack measurement expertise is probably up there with, I mean, I, I mean, is that like Alan Greenspan in comparison to like economic, like just economic theory arguing crack with Hunter Biden is like arguing old Testament with my dad. I hope you packed a lunch pal. Cause you're going to be here a long time and it ain't going to end well. So that prostitute clearly had no idea in the poker game of life. She was entering with a guy that had every ace in the deck and then a joker, five of a kind. Uh, don't argue crack with Hunter Biden. I wouldn't. As I said, that's like arguing the Sunbelt conference with me. I'm in lovely Mississippi right now. And I have the loudest hotel room in the entire state if you're hearing construction noise outside, they're doing construction on a scaffold lift here. It's about 10 o'clock at night. So that is absurd. So bear with me. And we are excited, like I said, for all these things coming to football season this summer. Not just the drunk neighbor, but just that's when the show really hits steam. So hits its stride, I meant. So reach out and touch a brother and tell somebody about the sports antidote today or tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. Or I'll cuck you. <laughs> Hunter Biden aside, let's get into some things. We're going to circle back to that, unlike the previous press secretary, Jen Psaki. And we're going to talk about a pitcher. We talked about Tim Lincecum last week, dominant for those years that he was in there doing his thing. And there's a pitcher right now that is just flying wildly, wildly under the radar. And his name is Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara is a load. 6'4", 240. He's pretty muscular. He certainly is a specimen of a man. His ERA has gotten lower in his years. He's only 26 for the Marlins. He's their ace right now. They have The Marlins have two guys with ERAs, basically around two, Lopez and this gentleman, who should be starting in the All-Star game for the National League on the mound. They're still kicking around this Clayton Kershaw thing, which to me is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, the All-Star game is a joke. I think we all know that. Everyone can agree. Fans are stupid. When you let fans vote, stupid stuff happens. This is the definition of play a stupid game, win stupid prizes. So this will be no different coming up here in this All-Star game. As far as I'm concerned, Alcantara should probably pitch the entire game. But anyway, uh, we talk about or we have spoke about how Major League pitchers are now analytically under these pitch counts and then all of this and you go six innings and you take out for the pre-setup man in the seventh and then the setup man comes into the eighth and then the closer comes in the ninth only to cuck and you lose your bet because closer is the stupidest position in professional sports see the episode two weeks ago to prove that as far as the financials versus the results I am correct. Full stop, period. And if you don't like it, plenty of podcasts out there. world needs plenty of bartenders. Two weeks with pay. His last 10 starts have been ridiculous. In a day and age where complete games are almost a unicorn, this guy has three complete games in his last 10 starts. And in that, three more of these have gone eight full innings. May 22nd versus the Braves, nine innings. And then again versus the Braves, eight. And then his next start, seven, nine, seven in the third, eight, seven, nine, eight, and seven. His ERA, 7.13. This is absolutely ridiculous. And what he's doing right now and the way he's doing it is unbelievable. I mean, you want to talk about a quality start, quality shart. Who cares about a quality start? This kid stays in the game like a real man. And the Marlins disregard their pitch counts and all of this. Look, this team, look. I'm not the biggest Jeter fan, especially the drunk neighbor. He's not. But all of a sudden, the Marlins look to be the team of the future because they have the most coveted thing you want in Major League Baseball, dominant starting pitching. Uh, the ways you win in baseball are dominant starting pitching or really good, dominant slash really good. But these two things need to be there. A solid bullpen and Seven, eight, nine in your lineup can rake. When seven, eight, nine in your lineup can rake, you get the New York Yankees. That's what happens when you have guys like, 
you know, Carpenter and Donaldson down here in the seven hole. <laughs> Two guys that basically won an MVP, one runner-up MVP years ago down there in the depths of the lineup where there is no, there's no out. Uh, so they're going to they're gonna hit the ball regardless. But when your bullpen is up to snuff and you have guys like Alcantara, you build around them and you're able to have a winning team down the road, no doubt. Let me sip some of this coffee that I'm sure somebody spit in. But anyway... It is amazing what he has done. Look out for this kid. It's noteworthy. Um, He's got something we don't see, and this is kind of why I wanted to talk about him. Much like we talked about Linscombe last week, having a dominant two-seamer and then dropping in at Uncle Charlie and also having a ridiculous circle change. It looks like you're trying to hit it on a trampoline as the bottom falls out. Alcantara is old school in his pitch arsenal as well. He does also have a change-up and a slider, a two-seamer, but he throws a 98-mile-an-hour sinker. Let me repeat that. A 98-mile-an-hour sinker, if you haven't seen what that looks like. Imagine a pitch going 98 miles an hour and sinking. Get it now? So it's a pitch that we don't see too much anymore. It's kind of a cousin to the split-finger fastball that broke way to the cut fastball. The sinker kind of went way to the cut fastball, too, as the cut fastball kind of does both. And you can throw it nearly as fast as your normal four or two seamer. Alcantara's sinker sometimes goes faster than his fastball, <laughs> which is a tremendous problem if you're trying to hit this. You will get hit, you will induce a ludicrous amount of double plays because a sinker induces a ground ball, but a weak ground ball, typically right to the six hole to a right handed hitter, which is why he also leads the league in the 6-4-3 double play varietal, and he strikes everybody out as well. So the diagnosis from Danny Belts is he's really good at baseball. I just had to pitch him in, pipe him into the pod, because no one talks about it. We're talking about Clayton Kershaw. We should be talking about this guy, because I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. In this day and age, you have to maybe look at the Verlanders of the world that are going to go 7+, or the Scherzers and guys like that. He seems to like to do this an awful lot. And I just thought you should know. (laughs) You ought to know. Testudo. What is Testudo? I'm glad you asked. We're going to get deeper into that in one second. But in order to understand Testudo, you're going to need to understand an NFL offensive line. So I know we all know what an offensive line is. It's usually five guys, not counting a tight end, all blocking for either a running back who's getting the ball in the backfield or a quarterback who's going to be throwing the ball deep in the pocket. Now, the offensive line 20 years ago was not an afterthought, but these guys weren't necessarily paid to scale for what they were tasked to do, the exact opposite of what a closer does in baseball, right? It's, it, they're paid way too much to fail. These two guys were paid way too little to succeed. And you'll see that a lot in pro sports. And, you know, this is not Vietnam. There are rules. So eventually, you know, we get back to a normal course of pay, what you're looking at now, offensive linemen. Usually the third third on an average highest paid person on a team, quarterback being a runaway, number one. And wide receiver, number two. Wide receiver is kind of skewed. There's just a few guys that make a ton of money like Devontae Adams and these guys. But overall, your offensive line is going to be a very – largely paid position quarterback pay went up almost 44 percent last year in quarterback which is kind of skewed as well because some quarterbacks are just signing these outrageous contracts um, that can skew the number for the guys that aren't but offensive line went up 24 percent in a very healthy organic way 24 percent that's an awful lot now we all know left tackle being extremely important thus the movie the blind side right tackles just not just as important, but very important. The Saints' right tackle, Ramchek, is the best right tackle in football. He could easily play on the other side if he had to. But these guys make a ton of money for a reason. And there's a reason why, because the offensive line has to be a complete cohesive unit. If you are in football 101, just know this. You can get away with not having a good offensive line in football. I'll give you an example. Blake Z- uh, Bailey Zappi, I'm still calling him Blake, Bailey Zappi, 
did not have the best offensive line last year for Western Kentucky, but they made up for that because Kitley's playbook was a lot of quick hitters. The times he did have to drop back to three and five step drops, they had special protection for him, typically with a running back. He was able to get the ball out, and they could disguise that. You cannot disguise a bad offensive line in pro football. It's impossible. Uh, you, you just can't uh, see Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl a couple years ago where they didn't blitz once and basically had Mahomes eating more grass than a dairy cow. So that is a good example in itself. You cannot win in the NFL without a good offensive line. You can win in the NFL without a good quarterback. Don't, don't, don't even start. Oh, Ryan Tannehill, he's athletic and he throws it far and he can run and he cucks when it matters. Tannehill's a bum, but Tennessee's offensive line and their run game is stellar, top five. So they're able to compensate for all this guy's baloney statistics he puts up. The receiver from A&M, now switched to quarterback, is a bum. You will never win with him, period. So you can see how you don't necessarily need a big quarterback to, to win a Super Bowl. But you need him to be pretty good. Uh, but the offensive line is a must. It has to be. And in this unit, you'll see a lot of cohesiveness. Um, you know, in New Orleans, the offensive line was going out once a week with Drew Brees, who would pay for the meal, even though he's a scumbag, cheap as hell, and a douchebag. His initials, DB, stand for a douchebag. All right, I'd be the first one to tell you that, and anybody else that lives here will tell you the same thing, unless you're one of these Drew Brees truthers, but whatever. We all know he's a dick. So, and good for him. Who cares? I don't care that he's a, whatever. Go move to San Diego. Everybody wants your ass here anyway. You're done. Uh, hey, by the way, Drew, how's that, uh, how's that commentating job going? Yeah, okay. So Breeze would take the offensive line out, and they would go have dinner, you know, talk about things that's important. The quarterback be in unison with the offensive line on and off the field. Much like coaching, much of what coaching happens 90% off the court and off the field. Most of the coaching happens in practice. When the game comes, this is just a dress rehearsal. This is all we're doing. We practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. Well, not a dress rehearsal. It's the actual play. But all of the work that goes into a Broadway show is just the sum of all the parts that happen until we get to the show. So when an offensive line gets to the game, this is just the culmination of all of this on and off the field cohesive behavior for them to have one, one job and one job only, and that is to protect the most valuable and highest paid player on your team because... This is the only sport, the only sport where you have basically four guys at a minimum, minimum three, usually four, and anybody else wants to join the party, five, six, maybe seven, that are trying to kill the person you're trying to protect. They're not trying to tackle him. They're trying to kill him. Uh, you have guys like Arnold or Donald on the other side. I still get it mixed up with all the Sam Darnold, and then we had a tight end named Arnold, and then there was a Donald or a Darnold. I have no idea what it the guy for the Rams, all right, who's the interior defensive tackle, but he has a 38-inch waist, 315 pounds, and can bench press a Ford F-250. So you have guys like that that can run faster than most people that are built like freight trains. The scariest people in professional sports, period, are these guys rushing the quarterback from the ends in between the gaps at linebacker and in between at the tackle position. The, the days of these being the Norman hands, the fat, gelatinous blobs clogging the line, those days are over. The offensive line has had to adjust in the way that they look as well. But my point is, it's so important the offensive line be on the same page because you have a defensive end that's trying to kill you that is a freak, freak athlete with superior strength, quickness, speed, and power. Just sheer power. And it is so important that this quarterback is protected, and that is why the offensive line becomes a more coveted position year in and year out. That's great, Belts. What does that have to do with anything? I'm glad you asked. So an offensive line has a little to do of Testudo, which we'll get to in a second. Now, when we talk about the media, and particularly the sports media, if they were to be substituted into a game, in other words, if I was going to take the media and I had to place them into a game, you're asking, well, Belts, where would you put them? I would say that the media would have to be the referees, Right? The referees are going to be people that are going to call things objectively. Severe, not severe, but extensive background checks go through to make sure that during, let's say, during the strike year, uh, the Saints almost had somebody referee a game that was a massive Saints fan. They had to cut him right before the game. Go Google that. In the lockout year, there was a guy, one of the scab refs, that was pictures of like Drew Brees 
like making love to a statue. Like this dude was a huge Saints fan and he was going to call the game probably a little bias for the Saints. So, you know, you have these referees that are supposed to be plugged in objectively, just like the media is supposed to be, not just in our circus political world, but in sports. This is still media. You have to hold people accountable and no, no pun intended, you have to call balls and strikes. But the media does not display themselves as the referees as they should be. Nay, they do the opposite. And the sports media forms a what? They form the offensive line to protect who? Not the quarterback necessarily, but the player du jour they seem they deem necessary to protect. And that is not what should be happening. Well, that's great, Belts. You got an example? <laughs> Do I have examples? I have examples for weeks, days, months, a calendar year. But for me to get into all the smaller ones may actually muddy the waters for where I want to get. So we'll take the lowest hanging fruit possible in Colin Kaepernick. So the media protects Colin Kaepernick just like an offensive line would protect him in a real game. That's not how this should be. They should be the line judge, the back judge. They should be looking for holding, interference, anything, face mask that is not legal. And then ergo, you get penalized for your illegal activity. Colin Kaepernick in 2016 on November 15th got a microphone in front of his face. A CNN reporter asked him who he voted for. Now, this is a softball question. This is an easy question. But the media should have taken a few things into account that Kaepernick is an idiot and he will say just about anything, just like our president and Ron Burgundy. Make no mistake, Colin Kaepernick falls right into that camp and he was quoted saying, I don't vote. I quote again, I don't vote. This is all after all the kneeling, the campaigning for Hillary Clinton, getting into the political world, the Ben and Jerry's endorsement, etc. And then he says he doesn't vote. Now, if I'm the sports media, even if I'm super woke and I am elected to be an official, but I'm not, I'm actually your left tackle, Colin. You're not helping me out. You're changing the play now and you're not telling me, right? It's a run scheme block and now it's full pass protection. Maybe you should have told me that, pal. That's a hard pal. But no, you throw that zinger at me and now what am I supposed to do? How do I not cover this? You're supposed to be the face of all the, you know, change, the movement, right? The equality, everything you, air, you allegedly stand for is now thrown out of the window. It's defenestrated because you have just said you didn't even vote. Lie, you stupid idiot. You don't have to vote. Just lie. Say you did. No one knows. But then instead of taking this and running wild, the media goes in full, full pass protection, tight end, full line, Pro set, two running backs, full protection, and a 10-step drop for Kaepernick, looking for someone to throw this football to, but there's no one there, despite the mass amount of protection. This is a ridiculous answer. It's the worst answer humanly imaginable, and should have been pounded on like a punching bag, but instead, CNN comes right to the defense the next week, and then Don Lemon gets a hold of it. I couldn't find the recording. I could read you. The, I'm looking at the transcript. But Don, in other, uh, it's six paragraphs. But in other words, Don Lemon just says, it's not his job. He doesn't need to vote. And he's an honest man for saying, no, 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 no. Stop all that, Don. Remember when you said, Don, the most dangerous person in this world is a white male, yet you go home and blow one every day? That's your husband who's a white male, literally? So, well, well I don't understand. Just like this, I don't understand. Explain to me like a fifth grader why we're not getting... Ooh, almost went off the rails there. Why we're not getting busy with this ridiculous quote. We don't because they protect. When the media should be not blocking for Kaepernick, they should be officiating the game accordingly. And that's the same thing that should be happening in our everyday circus politics in real life. But it's not. The second piece of fruit that hangs low like a testicle in the sky <laughs> one time my dad's friend was drunk we're driving back from bay st louis and mr mr james says he's looking at the moon and he says the moon hangs low like a testicle in the sky <laughs> i'll never forget that i was 14 that was a zinger but lebron james so on may 6 2020 it was a wednesday when lebron james decided to get his angry thumbs, go to Twitter, and come up with this genius tweet 
This is after the gentleman was shot by the two Georgia men, the white men who were wildly in the wrong and should have been prosecuted accordingly, and they were. There was no injustice here at all. LeBron James, and I quote, We literally are hunted every day, every time we step foot outside the comfort of our homes. We can't even go for a damn jog, man. Like, what WTF? Are you kidding me? No man's free. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, Ahmad. Rest in paradise. And my prayers and blessings sent to the family. So I believe he went to the Muslim God on that one. Rest in paradise. Maybe James did a little research in the, in the Quran. I don't know. But LeBron James comes up with that ditty right there. Now, what LeBron James could have been tweeting about was the weekend prior to that. The weekend, I'll use Chicago. You can look this up. It was the most bloodiest weekend that they'd ever seen to date. There was over 40 It was one of the worst weekends of all times, clearly the emphasis being inner city black-on-black violence. But LeBron James takes this opportunity to go towards this to announce the real problem, the outlying murder in this case, which was horrible, and dealt with and adjudicated accordingly, as it should have been as anybody else would agree, that has an IQ of over 72. But the problem is most people don't. So what LeBron James did here was create an entire tidal wave of young, influential people that are young, easily influential, particularly young African-American men, young men, listen to this and then realize that they're being hunted. Then in Tommy Bench's neighborhood, just one week later, there's a car theft or something, and this Little kid gets out of the car in one of the suburbs in Dallas and runs from the police and they finally get him. And the reason being, he basically thought they were going to kill him. And the reason why, I'm not blaming this all on LeBron, but it's probably being the back of his head. You plant the seed that the white police officer trying to kill you because you're black and hunt you. Well, then you're going to have that as you're easily impressed upon. So we see this happening and the media, once again, after a ludicrous tweet like this, blocks full coverage Max protect, full back, running back, two tight ends, however you want to call it. You'd probably run the ball in that situation, but you know what I mean. But the media continues to block and block and block when they should be calling a fair game. That's my biggest problem with all of this. Which brings us to Testudo. Um, Let's listen to a little clip here by Tatum from the movie The Eagle, and I'll explain what was going on here. In the movie The Eagle with Channing Tatum and Jamie Bell, Jamie Bell, a ridiculous actor, uh, great actor, Scottish, and Tatum is one of the Roman Legion military leaders in this movie. Marcus Aquilia is his name in the movie, and they're in an occupied fort in some place in Scotland, and the savages just imagine like the Braveheart guys are about 100 yards outside their fort, the rebels, and they're beheading Tatum's men one by one by one, mocking them, trying to get them out of that fort so they can have a fair fight. So Tatum takes them up on this, and he tells his men, as you just heard in the video, on my command, perform testudo. And you can even hear one of the men puking in the background because he knows what this means. That means... They're going to run out there, only 50 of them, into about 500, and they're going to form Testudo. You've seen this in 300. Testudo is when the shields of the group cover every angle of the pack from the sides and the top. The people on the outside of this formation have to be very strong. These shields weigh 50 pounds. You have to be able to hold those up to protect the top half of the testudo those in the middle will put their shields face up to protect from arrows and anybody that wants to jump on top they break formation to stab people they need to be kill shots and they usually are this is a formation that was practiced for years and years and years and years this is why the roman army or military at the time was the greatest force the world had ever seen until they got woke and look i'll just tell you you can take a lot from history it does repeat itself our military is on Same pace, dead eye, for what happened to the Romans. The Romans were good, as Tommy Bench or even Rush Limbaugh used to say. They're good at breaking things and killing people. That's what the military is supposed to do. And boy, the Romans were good at that as well as occupying. 
And the way they did that was their army was just absurd, trained from when they were boys, trained to starvation, trained to thirst, only eating once a day, thus the term the warrior diet. There's a reason why when you see statues and sculpts of these men, they, have, they are like eight-pack abs because that's what they looked like. They were ripped, trained all day, ate once a day, and they were prepared for the physical uh, demand that Testudo was going to bring on. So they go out there to get their men in this formation, and they're able to get them back because no one broke the shield plane of Testudo. If someone dies... It's tough to regroup, so it's important that everybody come back alive. And the Romans were so good at this, especially when they were trying to take a fort. Testudo also came into the offensive as well when you were nearing a fort, trying to get however methods you're using to get into that fort. You form the Testudo, and it'd block you from all descending arrows and any other things they'd be throwing off the walls. Testudo comes from the Latin genus of actually the word of tortoise. So you can see how it depicts a tortoise's shell. It is actually fascinating to read about this battle formation and only could be used with total cohesion, just like an NFL offensive line. Those in the middle, in the front, in the back, and on the outsides working as one to protect everyone on the inside to keep this party going. Clearly you can see what Testudo is as the sports media is an offensive line, the news media, mainstream media, is Testudo. To the T. Now, I'm going to use Hunter Biden here before I get to my other one. But Hunter Biden has just had all of these videos released of illicit drug use, nudity, and we don't even know how old these girls are in some of the videos. If he is not prosecuted, this is a major issue. The president's son... Is, it was involved in so much of like, not just top secret, but very you know, high-level deals regarding our country and technology, and he's getting high with hookers, and we don't even know if they're of age. You know, this is a major thing, and the media is not going to offensive line this. It's full-blown testudo. Cover him up, put him in the middle, shields up, shields down, Form the tortoise shell. You're not getting near this guy. You haven't even heard anyone but Fox News, and even they're treading lightly, probably for legal ramifications. But it's all authentic. It's clearly him calling his dad Pedo Peter. Pedo Peter? Of course, in his own context? Good God. How bad does it get? Now, I could go on and on about this, but I won't. It's not the premise of which I want to speak to. I could talk about the media protecting Kaepernick and James like an offensive line. I could talk about the mainstream media protecting Hunter Biden and Testudo, which they've done, are doing now, and will continue to do. But I want to talk more, just because we did it last week, about Gavin Newsom. If you haven't seen by now, <clears throat> excuse me, Gavin Newsom is now gaining steam. Tommy Bench will get to that. But in my sobriety these days, a lot makes sense. Not just me sitting on a card table understanding what people are doing, but why they're doing it, right? The why is very important. We understand why I do things that, well, we don't understand. I understand why I do things in a poker table, why I may do things differently in a sales meeting now that I'm a lot more cerebral uh, than I was in the past. This is a good thing. And to that same note, we talk about the what, the who, the when, the how, and all this. All those are really not important. We know the who, that's Gavin Newsom. We know the what, we know the when, the when is now. We know the why, we talked about why that's going to be Gavin Newsom last week. But now the question needs to be the how. So if you're in sales, the how is still pretty important, right? The what's important, of course. The when, of course. The why is the most. But the how kind of is a slash to the, to the why, sometimes. It can be equally as important or a 1A if you're going to categorize why as being the number one. And how, you're probably wondering, how is Newsom going to be elected? The how is simple. The how on how he'll win that nomination and potentially be elected president, although I don't think he'll be elected president, I do think he'll win the nomination, as now I've gotten ahead of all the major talking heads. You heard it here first <laughs> on the Sports Antelope before anybody was chirping about it. I saw this one coming. You know, it's not, always, it's not always in sports where I pull the Bailey Zappi out of the hat. Sometimes I have a little ringer in the politics as well. But 
the how. And the how is they are going to go full testudo with Gavin Newsom. There is no way you're going to get near this man. The protection will be otherworldly. Otherworldly. You will see it manifest not just now but soon to come as they are going to go full protection Absolute max protect every angle he is challenged and attacked will be covered like the Roman military utilized on my command, perform testudo. And on the Democrats' command, their command, the minute this happens, you will see the full arsenal and wall be built around this man, escorting him right to these debates in a couple years. If you can still bet Gavin Newsom to win this, even if you're getting that five or six to one to win that nomination, I suggest you do it because he is going to win this nomination. We know the why and the how is very simple. The media will form around this man, just like the sports media does for Kaepernick and LeBron and the MSM does for Biden's kid. They will form to studio around Gavin Newsom. Once again, be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Reach out and touch a brother and tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today or tomorrow. Has anybody seen Bro Exotic? Are you a white person who wants a lot of credit for helping to create racial equality while you do nothing to help create racial equality? If so, that means you want to be a woke white person. So listen up, because I'm going to give you your PhD in wokeology. Bro, exotic. What's going on, Chief? What's going on, dude? Uh, bro, exotic, vice pope, cow, church of woke. What's going on, man? Sick. Nothing, man. I just, uh, I'm just glad you could come on. I know you missed last week. You have a lot going on. In the midst of all the shootings, I thought that is where you'd want to lead us today. But instead, we go towards a different place. I believe I was reading something... Uh, the New York Times about this effort, and of course, I put two and two together and got four for once. And of course, you're behind this. The Church of Woke is now, help me out here, it's not quite a booze cruise, but it's something to do with women's rights, rights on the water. I don't know. Can you walk me through exactly what I'm reading here? Yeah, so we're going to be uh, supporting these efforts with uh, putting together choose cruises. Oh, choose. That's right. A choose. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, yeah, so um, just... <laughs> In a direct response to the Roe v. Wade overturning, uh, we're going out into international waters. Uh, <laughs> we're going to give women the right to choose on the on a choose cruise. Uh, so, Cal, Church of Woke, uh, we're working with uh, Disney Cruise Line to uh, provide ships in uh, support <coughs> in support of women's right to choose. I bet you didn't see that coming, Disney Cruise Line. I didn't. <laughs> Uh, but they uh, they did say uh, if they were going to uh, be in business with us for uh, for these choose cruises, um, we would a have to cap uh, the amount of abortions annually uh, because they don't want to completely eradicate entire future generation. It would uh, have decade long effects on uh, profit margins. I'm a feminist. Sure. Uh, yes. And then also uh, they just. Uh, they wanted a big advertisement for like double the price. You can uh, purchase a two-year easy pass. So you don't have to wait in line. Uh, you know, women's rights. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you just kind of walk around, you know, like a normal cruise that I was on a carnival. I just walk around and I don't have to pay for anything. I just swipe my card. I get a drink. And then at the end of the cruise, they just shove some bill under your door. Is that kind of what's going on here? They just shove a, like a bill for how many times they chose. Is that kind of what we're looking at? Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, that's it's kind of like how we do it. I mean, we're trying to we're trying to get through like uh, how much we've been made fun of by this. Like Stephen Crowder was like, "Oh, what do you have like a punch card where you have like a pregnant woman and you punch it every time you get an abortion?" Yeah, it's real funny, dude. Uh, but uh, no, like we uh, you pay for it regularly, you know. Uh, whether you want to um, use the same card or just get your uh, your Easy Pass uh, for double, you know. Wow. So the Church of Woke is totally behind this choose cruise. This is a real thing. Real thing, dude. Um, and you know what? It's been, it was kind of, uh, you know, we've been listening pretty closely to CDC director uh, Rochelle Walensky. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Because we find a, a you know, direct correlation between uh, Omicron and um, abortion rights, you know. Um, 
Rochelle Walensky, she just recently told us that we still don't know uh, the severity of uh, Omicron variants BA4 and BA5. And um, we still don't know if BA1, BA2, or BA3 victims uh, can be affected by the aforementioned BA4 and BA5, of which we don't know the severity. So basically, we're in Omicron variant inception. Uh, we have <laughs> we have ignorant variant uh, theories inside of ignorant variant theories. And uh, DiCaprio is too focused on the environment uh, to help solve ignorant uh, Omicron variant theory uh, inception right now. So basically, we're screwed. Uh, so since we ca- since we can't vaccinate fetuses, we don't know if they can be born with a hypofetal Omicron variant B six or B ninety seven FM. So I mean, w- so in until we figure <laughs> our way out of Omicron variant inception, we can't take any chances uh, preserving these unvaccinated fetuses. So- I mean, there there is so much going on here. Um, I'm not even sure where quite to begin. So we have. Choose cruises. We're in variants, B variant inception. And as you even said, B97 FM, it's a nice little local radio station down here in New Orleans. Uh, somehow that plays in as well. There's a lot going on here, bro. This is very confusing to me. Well, it's not confusing, dude. We need to stop the spread and we need to give women the rights back. It's uh, very, it seems very simple to me. Seems simple to you. Yes. Uh, quick question. I'm getting a text here from one of our listeners. Um, so there has to be food on the choose cruise. Is there a chance you will double dip and perhaps put a Buffalo riot wings on the choose cruise or is that just too much? Well, that'd be too much to you because that would, uh, as you can imagine, that would burn down the cruise line and, uh, it would take away. I mean, the, the trial would be <laughs> incinerated. Uh, uh, it would be aborted by fire, uh, but it would take away the woman's right to live. Right, which we, which <laughs> of which we can't take away. Of course, we can't do that. We can't oh, take away I'm... a woman's right to live, dude. So no, no <laughs> buffalo riot wings on the cruises. No buffalo riot wings on the choose cruise. We have inception within the B variant. The CDC director Walensky once again just blessing us with her just utter wokeness, and I'm sure, much like the veteran hospitals have pictures of the president. Behind their desk, I imagine you have a picture of her somewhere in your office, in the bathroom, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's, she, she's kind of a big hero. Uh, yes. She, she, she's up there. Uh, she's way up there on our Mount Rushmore, dude. And so we're just, uh, you know, whenever we give our health outies, uh full of vaccine, science is with you. Uh, right. Whenever we talk about him, uh, you know, she's uh, she's right behind, dude. She's a. Uh, She's a whip saint for us, man. So. And just so you know, bro, and this is for Tommy Bench, the plaque for the alternates is in the ladies' room. <laughs> a little Top Gun for you there. Uh, yes. That's very cisgender of you. Yeah, I'm sure. It was you, extremely uh... cisgender. I don't even know what that means, but you seem to know all these terms, and that's why we have you on. Well, bro, Exotic, you have made me laugh out loud about five times here. <laughs> I think it's uh, just this whole bit has just really morphed into such a just a brilliant soliloquy of just – I mean, I can't even really describe it. I mean, my cup runneth over with the level of wokeness you provide our audience because we don't get this in our everyday life. That's why we bring you on, and that's why we hope to have you on next week, especially during football season, as I'm sure you have beef with many mascots, many mascots. Well, yeah, as long as we're not, uh, you know, in the Stone Ages, uh, just calling calling teams Redskins and and whatnot, dude. Uh, uh, as long as we're not doing that, my uh, my rage will will be at a, a moderate level this season. What about know? the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I mean, they're a bunch of cisgender uh, colonial <laughs> murderers. So, yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> oh, we're going to have a fun football season with you, bro. Well, bro, thanks for blessing us once again with the Church of Woke second in command, you. Anything you want to close with? Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, always a pleasure being on. Uh, no joke, stay woke. And um, I will see you next week, dude. Stay woke, pal. We'll see you. All right. Cheers, bro. When someone makes a move of which we don't approve, who is it that always intervenes? UN and OAS, they have their place, I guess. But first, send the Marines. Tommy Bench, pop it in here in the sports antidote. What's going on there, pal? Not much, Chief. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Oh, look at you. A courtesy ask. Thank you. 
there you go. There you go. Because we don't really care. But we'll ask. Yeah, I really don't. Now, I know you don't want to talk about Hunter Biden or anything. You want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Wait a second. I think you have some things you want to bring up. And your cup runneth over. So uh, I, The cup runneth over right now with things to talk about. But I'm going to talk about something that I have a feeling very few people are aware of. Unless yes, you that's what we want. That's, that's what we want. Go on ahead. Twitter. So right now there are a handful of small banks in, in the somewhat more rural parts of China that have been denying their depositors the ability to access their accounts for months. You heard that months, not just not just, hey, it's the depression. We're going to freeze withdrawals for 48 hours. Months. There are people to the tune of about six billion dollars worth of deposits <laughs> spread among four banks. And again, now keep in mind. A somewhat rural village in China could still be, you know, a million person population center um, with, with, you know, how they classify things. So you might be thinking, Bench, you know, what does this have to do with the price of tea in China? Right. We all remember. I don't even know if you can say that anymore. I think Probably if you not. said that in corporate America, you'd be you'd be consoled. But what is what does life now have to do, you know, or the fact that the dollar has been never been stronger against the euro, despite the economic headwinds we're running into, right? A lot of goofy things going on. All right. Well, we all remember the scene from It's a Wonderful Life when everybody's coming in and George has to bring the $2,000 that he was supposed to spend on his honeymoon and, you know, explain to people, well, you see, Mr. Jones, you, your money's in Fred's house and, and Fred's money is in Kathy's house. And and he was, you know, trying to explain to the people of Bedford Falls how banks work. And I think most of us get it, right? A bank, when you put $100 in, it doesn't just go put that $100 in a safe and leave it there. It takes that $100, it takes other people's money, it packages it together and does some investing with it. Now, you know, banks here in the U.S., there's a lot of restrictions about what they can invest. Usually it has to be very safe, you know, lower return type investments. And that's why you get paid interest. Again, you know, meager interest although that could change with uh, the Federal Reserve doing if they do what they need to do to get inflation under control. Separate topic. But, okay, so we all understand how banks work. You get deposits in, you take that money, you do something more useful with it. So at any given time, a bank may only physically have three, four, six, seven, depending on what the regulations are and they vary by country, a certain percentage of deposits physically on hand able to distribute so that people come in and of course, you know, uh, very advanced financial systems like in the US and in Europe, you know, they have algorithms and they can, they know exactly how much cash is gonna go out the door on any given day. And they have a pretty good idea of how deposits are gonna come in. You know, they, they probably can forecast it almost down to the minute with the mass amount of data they have. So why is this a problem? Months and months for 6 billion, again, this isn't like $50 million in the middle of nowhere. I mean, $6 billion is starting to be a market mover. And the reason this is something that's very interesting is, one, the Chinese government could, I mean, they're an authoritarian regime. Their banking regulator could come in and say, start letting people take money out. And, and, and I also find it interesting that the, the, the Chinese government wouldn't just step in and say, here's $6 billion of liquidity. I mean, they, they can print money just like we can, um, or they can take out you know, debt and, and, you know, establish a zombie company or something like that to swallow these four banks. I mean, there's all kinds of things they can do literally with the flick of a pen, with a pen and a phone, like Barack Obama said, because they are an authoritarian regime. So why is it that they're allowing civil unrest to spread in, in these areas? Um, I wonder, and, and with the state of financial systems throughout the world, they're so interconnected, right? That was the argument for TARP and, and the various rescue packages in 2008 is if these big institutions fail, they take down the whole financial system because everybody's interconnected and, and whatnot. So is, is it that these few banks are then interconnected to larger regional banks, which are connected to bigger banks, which are connected to some of the you know, major financial institutions that are backing China? I... I Something odd is at play here, is what I'm getting at. It's, it's two, uh, $6 billion, that's nothing. The Chinese Communist Party could, could in, in, in you know, a few buttons, they could just make that money appear. Um, in, in their currency, they could make $6 billion hard dollars appear. Um, that's the value when, when converted to dollars. So I just, I would say watch out for more to follow about um, issues with the Chinese financial system. And of course, every time they put down one of these draconian lockdowns, that puts pressure on their economic growth. And they are 
totally fueled on importing cheap crap. And if they can't keep their factories outputting cheap crap to sell to the rest of the world, you know, they're not a services economy. They haven't gotten there yet. They're not an information economy. They are a make cheap crap to sell to everybody else economy. And that is it. So keep an eye out. Now, would that be classified as some sort of maybe pseudo, not pseudo, but is that kind of like a, it's not really a run on the bank, is it? uh, Well, it's, you know, a run it's when everybody Only, wants to withdraw at one when, time, right? and, and people do want to withdraw, but the bank's just saying no. No. So, <laughs> now, you know, the, the reason runs can happen at institutions in the United States is, you know, there are a lot of there are laws about banks being able to like when they can close their doors. And, you know, uh, uh, in general, now we've seen some goofy things during COVID, but in general, banks really it's a high bar to deny you access to your money. Now, they can do things like. If, you know, they can have a maybe cash withdrawal limit and say, look, the most will hand you. And when you walk, if you walk through the door, the most we're willing to hand you is, you know, $5,000 cash without 72 hours notice or something. Like, say you literally wanted $100,000 cash to put in a briefcase. You might have to give them notice or something like that. And I'm sure that's buried in the terms and conditions of most banks that people bank with. But if you want to execute a wire transfer and move $100,000 from J.P. Morgan Chase to a Bank of America, there's really not much they can do to prevent that um, unless you're on some sort of, uh, you know, treasury department watch list. So it, it's, there would be a run if the banks would allow people. But uh, <laughs> one of the stories I read was this guy, uh, of course he used a fake name. He was recounting that every time I log on to my account, it just says our system is down for maintenance. And it's been saying that for two months. Um, so there, there have been some protests. Now, of course, you know, the difference between the chai comms and us, when someone a protest gets minorly out of hand, I mean they send ten thousand federal troops in and just quash the protest. So, but but videos are emerging of people like starting to storm banks. So, um, on a side note, if you'd like to see what a real insurrection looks like, Google <laughs> Sri, La- Sri Lanka, because right now essentially the people have overthrown the government and and the prime minister has been forced to resign and flee. Uh, all kinds of problems in that country. So I disagree. If I want to see what an insurrection looks like, I'll just go to the well, look at what happened. On January 6th. Yes, I'll look at that and watch right. drunk people in a Viking helmet. But anyway, right. I derailed you. Exactly. Okay. So now an easy segue when you're talking about billions of dollars in China would be to talk about Hunter Biden. Um, I think we all can, can draw a pretty straight line from one topic to the other. So the latest thing for people who aren't keeping up, you know, there were the laptop revelations. But what seems to have happened recently, when I say recently, I mean within the last five to seven days, his current iCloud account has been hacked and troves, <laughs> gigabytes of material have been downloaded, to which I say, you are 52 years old and you're documenting videos with you and a hooker weighing out crack. That is just, you got to be I, I just, amazing. What, what? He was arguing over the amount of crack. And then scroll down so you can actually see the crack on the right. scale. Really, not much to not much uh, left un, uncovered there. Right <laughs> now, now here's the here's the conundrum we're in. Because <laughs> I, I obviously, I mean, the mainstream media they just they're just going to do nothing. All right, let's assume the worst. Let's assume somewhere on there is a video of him having sex with a obviously underage girl, which I would not put it past him. I, I can't. Nobody's made the claim yet, but. Uh, given this degenerate behavior, I, I don't think it would be impossible, right? If you were dumb enough to video that, but here's the problem. If you're the person that distributes that or uploads that anywhere, you're going to prison for distributing child pornography. But can we count on the U.S. Department of Justice to pursue that seriously? No. Right. So what, I mean, so is it going to take some state attorney you know like if somehow he were dumb enough to say hey we're here at the hotel such and such and it's in a state with a republican attorney general maybe maybe could they attempt to indict him um and and at what point i mean how many gigabytes of criminal activity does one need to show before (laughs) some law enforcement agency is going to go you know what this is just even just to make a show i mean if i were the texas attorney general or the florida attorney general I would set up a little task force and I'd say, look, as disturbing as this is going to be, I want you to watch every Hunter Biden video you can get a hold of and see if you can identify it as occurring within our jurisdiction, um, purely for political points. Because, I mean, how great would it be if you're the attorney general and you can say, I have impaneled a grand jury to investigate 
Hunter Biden, you know, what, what was going on and, you know, paying sex workers and yada, yada. So again, this is just, it's, I mean, if Joe's conscious enough and aware enough of what's going on, it's got to be so embarrassing to think this, this loser is behaving the way he's behaving. Yeah. I really just to just chip in real quick here. I, if you told me there was another video surfacing of Hunter Biden smoking crack with a naked 15 year old girl, you can kind of put the pieces together. They're going to have sex if they already did or didn't. I really wouldn't lose any sleep. I'd kind of be like, all right, what else? Like that right. we're to the point now where I'd be like, okay. And like, what right. I mean, that's surprising to anyone that, that really shouldn't be. Yeah. But, and I mean, it's, it's not even narcissistic behavior. It's so beyond that. Who, who records themselves this much? Who records themselves doing these kind of things this much? I mean, it really, there are celebrities who are less narcissistic than him. And he's just the loser son of a loser senator, vice president, and former vice president. So, uh, anyway. Did you just see the trench coat video on the beach where yes. he kind of, he kind of un- strips down? He kind of looked like the guy from, um, silence of the lambs there right. when he was tucking in his thing like i was hoping he would do a spin and sing that song right but he didn't. <laughs> oh it's, it's too good it's too good now on to a, a more serious topic roe versus wade overturn we talked about that a little little a uh, couple episodes ago uh, within days there was a story of a 10 year old girl who had been impregnated who couldn't get an abortion in Ohio, because they don't have an exception for rape. And she had to travel to Indiana. I mean, this made the rounds. The president referenced it. One little problem. Uh-oh. The Ohio Attorney General has come out, issued a, an official statement, saying they are unable to find any record of any such report. Now, you might say, well, just because the Ohio Attorney... Nope, hold on. If that young woman... 10-year-old girl, so not young woman, girl. Let's, let's not be euphemistic. A girl, which it would be a tragedy if a 10-year-old girl is pregnant. Um, if a 10-year-old girl were pregnant, it is ipso facto rape. A 10-year-old cannot consent to sex, period. In any state in the union, I think the youngest age of consent might be 15 somewhere. It is not 10. So whatever sexual intercourse would have been engaged in for a 10-year-old girl to become pregnant would be rape, period. Any medical professional who were to care for that child would be required to file a police report required in the state of Ohio. They would, they would put their medical license at risk. If they work at a facility, that facility's licensure would be at risk. There is no, there's no foresee, um, foreseeable circumstance where a medical provider, a licensed professional would provide medical care to her and not report it to police. There, there would be too much at risk, but it's, you know, the lie has already been told enough that it is now ingrained into the conscious of everybody. Of course. And this is, this is one of those ones where, you know, you shoot first, ask later. The, when, when I first read this, I was actually watering the drunk neighbor's botanical garden in his backyard. He summers in Michigan now, apparently. Good for him. But, right. but uh, by the way, he's making an encore during football season. I'll tell you about that later. But uh, – so I was reading this in the backyard at his backyard and I was reading and I, when I saw the article, I just remember thinking, wait, so the story is that she can't get an abortion. What the story to me was right. a 10 year old is motherfucking pregnant. That, right. that to me is way more disturbing than trying to pull a, a fetus out of a 10 year old is, is someone had to insert, you know what, where, and I'm like, right. 10 years old. Right. Again, let's, what? are let's... you serious? Like, how is that not the story? Like what? Right. As we did, shouldn't both the parents be investigated by the FBI or something? I don't know. Figure something out. Right. And, and as we've discussed before, just like you did, stop using euphemism. This girl became pregnant. No, she didn't know. Somebody raped her. Okay. Someone raped her. And most likely an, an adult. I doubt it was another 10-year-old. The, the chance of finding two um, sexually mature, in a physical sense, 10-year-olds who get together I find that unlikely, right? You know, you, you, it's, it's, it's uh, one, of the, one of the podcasters had the percentage of 10-year-old girls who are uh, menstruating by that age. And it's, a, it's, very, it's like 2 to 3%. So then combine that with a, the idea of a, bo- a 10-year-old boy who's physically sexually mature. And boys tend to lag girls in sexual maturity. It would be highly unlikely. So we're talking probably at a minimum, you know, a 13 or 14-year-old boy and a 10-year-old girl. And more likely, if this scenario happened, I'd bet it's, you know, the 25-year-old. Uh, drunk uncle who just got home from a stint in prison. Um, if, yeah. if we're going to be honest, so 
Exactly. To me, that's the story. When are we going to talk about, you know, the conditions uh, that this girl is in? But again, it's now, it is now shown that there is no, I'm not going to say it has been proven it didn't happen. I will, I will say with certainty, it has been shown there is a serious lack of evidence that it did happen. And there does not appear to be evidence that it in fact happened. Well, here's the first thing I'll tell you is also when I read this, I'm like, I can't believe there's no pictures not videos or something of a pregnant 10 year old girl that would definitely run. I can't, well, even, even when I say that sends a pregnant I girl, I get like, I, I it, it makes me like, but a news, like, uh, uh, if a new, you know, being a minor, there's a lot of, you would have to have parental permission. Yeah, and I, so I, oh, I could permission yeah. to do a lot. Yeah. Like have sex. But right. hey, I just think this is one that even let's say, okay, let's just say it's fake. Let's just say that the whole thing was a ruse. The media ran with it. Of course, shoot for assess later. What do you think when it comes out as fake? What are the odds that any of these major networks, particularly MSNBC, who ran with this first and ran with it like a champion out in the open, like you're sprinting for a pick six, no one's around you. And and do you think that they will have any type Never. of recourse or come not, back and say, hey, we're wrong? I mean, no, no. no, there will not be one second of coverage. Of course. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, the cup runneth over, but sometimes a little too much. For right. Dan Belts and yeah, and just to add one more thing to that, you know, I you have a daughter who is how old? Like eleven. Yeah, ten. right about that age. And just sorry, eleven. She's eleven. Eleven. She's 11. Reading that article again, I just remember looking at Twitter, and I couldn't find any of the comments except for the people like-minded to me. Not even one of the lunatic blue check marks even had the hair in their little sack to go. Shouldn't we be talking about why a 10-year-old is pregnant? I couldn't even find one right. locust that would even get out of the right side of the bed on one day and just say something. Because they'd probably get steamrolled if yeah. they – I mean, Twitter is I, out of control. I, I – you know, with the exception of being at school, I struggle to think of a time when my daughter would have been in the presence, you know. Right. I mean, I guess she's been at friends' houses where there's an older brother, but – you know, parents are home, right? We, we, I'm, I'm sorry if you're a latchkey kid and you let your kids go hang out with other latchkey kids. Um, okay, that's that's your decision. Uh, I, you know, I, I struggle to in to think of a time where my daughter would have been eligible. Yeah, for a circumstance like that to occur. I'm right. not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying, you know, this is that's like called engaged parenting. You know. Um, yeah. First, people that needed to be investigated if that was true with the parents, and I just it's funny how the story just railroads one way when it's just like look at this right. look at this and i'm like looking over here like yo what's in the left hand chief like, well it's, I it's can't get over the, that like the parents and the live-in boyfriend because i promise you that doesn't happen in a two-parent home no, no absolutely the parents not. are married it just absolutely. doesn't well so, don't 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 appropriate on this show yeah. i won't have it so anyway. all right last thing we got to close out with our gavin newsom watch oh yes go ahead all right I continue so, to look more and more smart for once. You do. You do. So I bought, you know, $800 at 14 cents on predicted. It is now up to 21 cents. If I sold, I'd make $373 before fees on an $800 investment in less than two and a half weeks. Look, if you could pull that off, you know, a hundred times in a row, you could retire. Actually, <laughs> more like 16 times in a row, you could retire. If you, if you could do a 50% return on investment in two and a half weeks, you could retire. So and look, I think it's just going to be more and more of a self-fulfilling prophecy. He's going to see polling and things showing people think he's going to run. He's, he's, he's going to decide he should run. Um, and, and, you know, again, this, this will, if he declares, this will shoot to 35, 40 cents. No problem. Easy, uh, t- easy money, man. Yeah. We're all going right. to make money on this one. And uh, he did just get what looks to be a new haircut. His new, he, he kind of has the Joel Olstein going. You ever notice right. that? Yeah, his hair's to- too perfect. Yeah, they both creep me out, but uh, maybe maybe even Joel a little more than this guy, but whatever. He doesn't have any skeletons in his closet. You'd have known it by now, so he's going to be what I think their guy. But, yeah, they, you're going to see your predicted money continue to rise. I don't see a scenario where that goes down unless, like, Edwin Edwards, the governor down here, said, the only way I'll lose this is if they find me in bed with a four-year-old boy or something right. along those lines. Really, it's all that's kind of what it would take. So I doubt he'll do that, but we'll right. see. Well, keep us in the loop on the Gavin Newsom stuff. Really good China take. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. We'll be fi- Do me a favor. Follow this Ohio story because I have a feeling this will be 
gone like a fart in the wind in about like 24 hours because there is no 10 year old that's pregnant. That's what I think. But absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Tommy bench. Thanks for jumping on the sports antidote, pal. We'll see you. All right. Out here. Sing it, Kenny. <laughs> Thanks for joining the Sports Antelope, episode number 108, Testudo. Thanks to Coach O for piping in in the beginning. Bro Exotic on his Choose Cruises, and Tommy Bench continues to peel back the onion on everything nobody else will. Be sure and join us next week. It's going to be a doozy. Actually, next week's going to be really good. I should have talked about that, but I didn't. But just join us. Reach out, touch your brother. Tell somebody about the sports antelope and keep it real. Anadotions!